Welcome to Post Game with Paul Golden, a sports and faith podcast. I'm Tim Donnelly. Thanks for joining us. Today, our guest is Olympian Janie Reed. She is an outfielder on the USA women's softball team who will be going for gold in the Tokyo Olympics later this month. This Team USA member will share her career path to the Olympics as well as her faith story including her ministry called Church on the Dirt. Janie also describes how she and her husband, a pitcher in the L.A. Dodgers organization, balance their careers and married life together. This faithful follower of Jesus Christ will share the spiritual lessons she learned during the pandemic of 2020. Be sure to stay tuned to the very end for a fun one-on-one hit and run with Janie Reed. And now, here's your host of the Post Game Podcast, Paul Golden. Janie Reed, welcome to the Post Game Podcast. Exactly two weeks from today, on July 21st, you will be playing for Team USA in the opening game of the Tokyo Olympics. Tell us, what is going through your mind when you step out onto that field? Well, thanks for having me. I have no idea what's gonna what it's going to be like when I step out onto the field, but some of the former USA softball players that have played in the Olympics before us told us it's pretty emotionally overwhelming and to just kind of soak it in that first moment and that way you can kind of have your moment and then move on and just play the game, so... What an incredible honor. Just by way of background, for those that might not know you, you are the one of the outfielders on the USA Women's National Softball Team. If you're going to be watching the games here in a couple of weeks, she is number nine, right? Number nine on the team. Yep. yep. And by way of background, you, uh, you're from California, but you attended the University of Oregon and you were the Pac-12 all-freshman team. You were a three-time All-American. Uh, there. And then if I read it right, you've won a lot of championships since then. You won gold in both the 2017-2019 Pan American Games. Is that right? Yeah. And then alternate years, 2016 and 2018, you won gold in the Women's World Championship. So it seems to be a theme of always winning. <laughs> so yeah. we, Well, it's, it's fun when you're winning. So... <laughs> Well, we trust you'll keep that momentum going into these next couple uh, couple of weeks. Speaking of the Olympics, your games will start on July 21st. And if I remember right, it's it's only a six-day, I call it a super tournament. Could you explain that format for those that might not be familiar? Yeah. So the majority of the um, games are pool play. Um, you play each country. There's six countries total. So you play each country. That's five games. And then you're seated into the medal round immediately. So there's no real bracket. It's just pool play and then medal round game. And you're going to be playing Italy, Canada, Mexico, Australia, the host team, obviously Japan, and then Lord willing and the Creek don't rise the gold medal game on <laughs> July 27th. Yes, sir. What will that mean? You mentioned it briefly. What does it mean for you to represent your country, to represent the USA? Um, it's still pretty surreal. This is my seventh season on the team and it still is kind of hard to even wrap my head around. I never thought that I would be at this level. I grew up watching uh, the U.S. women's national softball team compete. I went to their tour stops um, when they were getting ready to go to the Olympics in 04 and 08. And um, it's just crazy that I'm finding myself um, taking up a, a roster spot of only 15 people and three alternates. So yeah, sometimes one of my teammates and one of my really good friends, Aubrey, she's my um, roommate. She's very reflective and um, really likes to like 
look back on the journey and she's kind of been encouraging me to do that. Cause I kind of keep pinching myself. Like I'm like, how is this even real? So, um, it's cool to look back and kind of take those moments to journey and see how far I've come and how far God has brought me. Speaking of your faith, how did you come to faith in Christ? So I don't remember ever not believing in God, which I'm super grateful for because I grew up in a, in a house of Christians and my parents actually met at the church that they still attend in Southern California. So I was baptized in, in middle school but I would say that my relationship with Jesus became really personal about halfway through college. I did have a personal relationship with Jesus uh, when I got baptized through high school, but I think just gradually it started to become more and more important to me to get a scholarship and socially have experiences and just worldly things just became higher on my priority list. And it wasn't until college where um, Jake and I dated uh, my husband, Jake, uh, we dated freshman year and um, we actually broke up and I had to have shoulder surgery. And so the two things that were kind of most important to me in my life at that time um, were quote unquote taken away, which was actually the kindness of God to take those things away from me. And I was forced to really ask myself, like, who am I without these things? And that is, you know, by the grace of God, I knew exactly where to turn to when I hit that point because I had grown up in church and I was in, if there was church going on, I was, I was in the building because it was the only place where I felt um, okay. And I felt like God was putting me back together. And so ever since then, it's been just a nonstop journey of, of following him. So was that point in college where your boyfriend was taken away from you, you were sidelined with surgery where you realized, Hey, I need, I need to make this my own personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. And I actually, at that time, not just two lows, but I became the first time I became an all American was, um, right before both of those things happened. And so I think it was through that high of, of thinking, um, that that was supposed to be a high, but really, you know, simultaneously these other things happening, I realized that no accomplishment can take away the pain of whatever is happening in your life. And so I think that was just really cool timing that God had orchestrated that I was experiencing such a high and such a low at the same time. And I realized that um, no accolade or accomplishment is going to give me value or worth. And so I realized like I need something, I need something deeper and um, just really dove back into my faith. How would you describe your life before Christ and now that you have a relationship with him after Christ? Like the before, the, the Janie before and the Janie after? Yeah, I would say the Janie before was always trying to earn things and just, I think, trying to please people. Um, and trying to, I think, like gain worth and value because I, I have always gotten good grades. I, you know, I've excelled in softball, pretty good with people. And so it's just, I had a lot of things that I would fall back on. And if those things ever failed me, I just remember, you know, feeling so much embarrassment or shame and just feeling like not good enough. And I would be really hard on myself, um, growing up playing softball, a big crier, a lot of moments of just like, if I failed, it was just immediate breakdown and it was just a roller coaster. And so I think, you know, without Jesus, I 
don't think that I would have any of the peace that I have now, because I think the lie that I thought when I was younger is like, as you get older, you just naturally become more mature and, and confident and at peace. And it's like, now that I am getting older and I'm like, living an adult life, they realize like those things do not come naturally. Um, you have to fight for those things. And so whatever way people learn to cope with all of the ways that life naturally gets more difficult, I think that um, all those things kind of end up at a dead end eventually. But what I realized was like following Jesus is there is no dead end. Um, and it's just continuously... I think like as you follow him and as we get to know him more, the depth, it, it just always, I think, is is overwhelming in the best way. You mentioned, I think of athletes in general, it's such a performance-based industry, obviously, right? You're going to win the game, you're going to stay at the top of your sport. You have to perform. But when it comes to our relationship with Christ, it's the anti-perform. It's nothing that we have done. It's all that what Christ has done for us. So it's, I, I can, I can mm -hmm. sense the, the the dichotomy that you're talking about. 2020 was a year to forget, right? The unprecedented year of the, <laughs> the coronavirus. What spiritual lessons did you learn during the pandemic? I think that I was, you know, it was both really hard for a lot of people. I think that Jake and I, obviously, like our careers were kind of put on hold, but in comparison to what a lot of people went through. And so I say this very carefully like I was grateful for the time um, because our schedules are crazy and we um, are usually on the go and usually traveling and it was just a time to be still and um, God brought some cool people into our lives um, just like we didn't have a place to live when the pandemic hit and reached out to a new friend that I had just met in a bible study and she and her husband like had this vacation rental in San Diego where we were coming home to and offered it to us. And it was just like really cool the way that God brought new friends into my life and also like prayer and time with um, just quiet time with God. I think I, I've always kind of struggled with prayer. I think it's, it's something that I, would get distracted with when it talks about in Philippians four, um, through prayer and supplication, I kind of learned over quarantine that there is a time to intercede, but there's also a time to just contemplate. And I always wondered why I was at my best when I would start my day with a, a walk outside and just being, being quiet. Um, and going to school in Oregon, I loved just like taking walks through the forest and I always just felt so much peace. And I, I never knew why, but I kind of realized through quarantine and getting into a routine like that, that it was a time for me to just be with God so that it would prepare my heart for what I was about to read that day or, or maybe praying through supplication later that day. But I was, I think I was in a season where it was so busy that I would read in the morning and not even be able to tell you by 2 PM that day, what I had read that morning. And I think I was just kind of like in all that, um, I was, I was, trying to pursue God, but I was just, my mind was already so full of so many things. And so I think quarantine really taught me a lot about peace and, um, how to get peace and how to slow down and then to take those things that I've learned and apply them to normal life, you know, as quarantine, we're kind of exiting that season and getting back into the busyness of life. I think now I have like these red flags when I, I realize like I'm reading, but nothing is processing, you know? And so I think peace is something 
that um, should mark a Christian, you know, and I think not many people in the world right now have it. And so I think it's really cool that if we pursue that as Christians in today's world, like people will be able to tell that something's different about us. Mm, That's so true. Amen to that. Tell us about your ministry called Church on the Dirt. Church on the Dirt. What is that? Yeah. So my first couple years out of college, I coached at a Christian university called Biola Bible Institute of Los Angeles. And the head coach there, Lori Coleman, and I became really good friends. She became a mentor very quickly. And I just kind of had this idea because we were in Southern California and I've grown up in Southern California. That's where 90% of softball tournaments happen. And remember, we were trying to run a camp and trying to get kids to come to our camp. And I was like, why don't we just take a tent to the tournament where all the kids already are? Um, Because, you know, the main point of our camp was going to be to, you know, do workshops and share about Jesus and play softball, but we were pretty much more concerned about the faith side of it. And so um, she was like, oh, we've been wanting to do that for years and call it Church on the Dirt. And I was like, well, I love that name. And so ever since then, um, in the last like four or five years, I've in USA teammates to be along uh, on the journey with us. And so um, when we can, we have virtual resources, but our favorite thing is to go out to softball tournaments. We try to set up a a tent, some chairs, um, try to make it feel a little homey, feel like you're going to church and between games or before game, after game, families can stop by and We'll share a quick message, basically like a, a chapel, like you guys do for the baseball teams and play some worship music. And I think a lot of the families feel like they have to choose between church and softball, um, especially if you want to play in these showcases and, and compete at a high level. And we don't want kids to feel like they have to choose, um, especially because a lot of these softball players have huge platforms once they get to the college level. And I know for a lot of me and my teammates, we felt like we couldn't really dive into our faith until we had time after college and after college softball was over. And so just kind of showing um, families that you can do both. And even I think it's cool that kids can see that you can, you can be in church in your uniform, like those worlds can collide. I think that sometimes we struggle to see how God can fit into sports. I think that's awesome for athletes like yourself to realize, hey, I have a platform instead of having forcing them to come into a church building down the street. You're taking church to them and doing devotions. So that's great. Is there a website for your ministry, Church on the Dirt? Uh, yeah. And we also have an app. Um, so you can search Church on the Dirt. Um, we're on Instagram. And so we try to update and and put stuff out um, whenever we have time. So after the Olympics, we're definitely excited to be able to pour into it a little bit more. We've been a little slow this year, but I think that's to be expected. <laughs> that's great. Church on the dirt. Well, you mentioned this guy named Jake a couple of times. For those <laughs> that don't know, Janie's husband, Jake Reed, is a pitcher in the Los Angeles Dodgers organization. I first met him, I think, in 2018 when he was uh, with the AAA, uh, the Rochester Red Wings, the Minnesota Twins affiliate. So I got to meet him and find out his wife is a uh, as good an athlete, if not better. Uh, then Jake. So how did you guys, did you guys meet in college? Yes. Um, we met our freshman year at Oregon and thankfully he was from San Diego. I'm from Orange County. It's only an hour and a half apart. So, but yeah, we met our freshman year. And you talked about the breakup. Obviously you got back. Was any, when he, yeah. propo- when he proposed to you, any, any special baseball, softball theme to it, or is it pretty <laughs> a, mon- a mundane uh, engagement request? 
Yeah, no baseball and softball references. And we actually, at our wedding, we had one. When we entered back into the reception, they had like bats and they held them up to like make a tunnel for us. <laughs> that was the only baseball softball reference. <laughs> that is great. And how long have you been, uh, how long have Jake and you been married? We've been married uh, about three and a half years now. Well, congratulations. So, so how does a professional baseball player and an Olympian spouse how do you juggle your careers and your marriage? How does that work? Yeah, I think it's um, it can be tricky sometimes, but I think for the most part, we try to stay connected spiritually. Um, when we're away from each other, we like to do the Bible app, Bible plans, because a lot of times it's not just that we're apart from each other, but sometimes our schedules are opposite too. And there's just not a lot of time to talk and catch up. And so that's one way that we, you know, we just read each other's comments every day and it actually does a lot connected. And then I think just like trusting each other's guts when, you know, like on my off time, I'm going to be wherever he is and I'm going to try to figure out a training situation in whatever area he's in. And God has been really kind to just put us in places where we have connections and things work out, or I find a facility um, and just really trusting that. I don't know. I think a lot of times like God just really honors, like when we make sacrifices for our marriage and our family. Well, you certainly both are sacrificing for each other and it's neat to see how you both have excelled in your respective sports. Do, do you guys on a, on a professional level compare notes like hitting techniques <laughs> or mental, uh, conditioning type things. Do you guys swap kind of stories? Yeah, I think it's, it's really cool that we can have those types of conversations. Obviously he's a pitcher. I'm a position player. So a lot of times I'll be like, do you want to know what I think? Because I know I don't know a lot about pitching, but I know something about hitting. And so, um, it's cool to, to have conversations about baseball and softball. And then also I think both of us have been really diving into more of the mental aspect of the game. And there's a ton of duties there because um, the pressure, the expectations, all of that is the same, no matter what position you play. And, and so I, I love that we can have those types of conversations. Well, that is great. Well, one of the, the features of our uh, post game with Paul Golden podcast, and we're here with uh, Janie Reed, Team USA Olympian in a couple of weeks, going to win the gold over in uh, Tokyo. I guess technically it's the 2020 Olympics being played in 2021, but uh, yes. gold medal sounds good either year. But uh, one of the features we do to kind of wrap it up, we call it hit and run, obviously with your softball background. I'll ask a question. You kind of give us a first thing that comes to your mind, uh, kind of a short, brief answer. So if you're ready, ready for hit and run, Janie, here we go. All right. Do you pronounce the school that you attended Oregon, Oregon, or Oregon? Oregon. So okay. maybe the last one. <laughs> We're I have East Coast bias out here, so I've I've never <laughs> discovered what the proper name of the school is. So that's good. Best burger joint, In and Out or Five Guys? In and Out. I have to agree. The, the most used app on your phone? Unfortunately, probably Instagram. <laughs> Instagram. Okay, that's good. <laughs> Speaking of your phone, the most recent song that you played today or this morning? It was either Good God Almighty by Crowder or Battle Belongs by Phil Wickham. Awesome. Speaking of which, do you have a walk-up song when you, uh, when you go up to the plate? Uh, this summer, it was a song by KB, and oh, it's called The Yes Song. He's a Christian rapper. Did you play other sports growing up, like in high school, or were you just a one-sport 
you know, obviously you're excellent in softball. Did you play other sports as well? I was a one sport athlete, but I regret it. I wish I would have played more sports. What do you, what sport do you think you would have done well in or excelled at? I did a summer camp of volleyball and I really liked it, um, but I just didn't try out for the team. So I think I, I would have liked volleyball. Who was your sports hero growing up as a kid? Uh, Caitlin Lowe. She was a left-handed hitter like I am and an outfielder like I am. And so I've looked up to her like my whole life. If I remember right, you bat lefty, but throw right, correct? Yes. Yeah. That's that's an unusual thing to me. I just, <laughs> I'm right-handed, yeah. everything. So that's interesting. Which teammate on Team USA do you think will come up clutch in the Olympics? Who is it going to surprise us or come up big for the U.S.? I mean, one of my, our teammates, Michelle Moultrie, she just always comes up clutch. And so I'm going to say Michelle Moultrie. Excellent. And I'm, in addition to yourself, we'll look for Michelle yeah. as well. <laughs> Speaking of softball, what's the biggest misconception out there about softball, you know, the sport in general? Um, I think maybe that it's a, like, it is like baseball, but I would say most people probably wouldn't think it's more exciting in my bias opinion than baseball. I think a lot of people end up saying that they enjoy watching softball more than baseball. Now, do you and Jake have a little back and forth about who's got the better sport or should I not go there? <laughs> um, he, he really likes watching softball. He actually went to one of the world series games. Cause I was the volunteer assistant at the university of Oklahoma a few years ago. And so we became good friends with the coach and her husband. And so he, he was in OKC during the world series and actually went to one of their games. And he was like in the front row yelling, like cheering on. It was hilarious. So he's a big like, softball fan. Are you telling me Jake, get, just take it easy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad you hooked them, hooked them into uh, your sport. <laughs> Speaking of uh, your husband, do you guys have a favorite vacation spot? Well, we kind of live in a vacation spot in San Diego, um, but we haven't taken many vacations together, but we have um, gone beach camping quite a bit and we love that. So I would say probably beach camping. That sounds like such a Southern California thing too. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a bucket list place? Like you guys, you're just dying to go to this exotic, uh, vacation spot. We've both been to Hawaii separately, but we've never been together. And so that is definitely on the list of places we want to go together. Best piece of advice you've ever received. Well, my outfield coach in high school on my travel ball team said, give all that you have today for what you keep inside you lose forever. Basically, I had a problem like pulling the trigger and just diving for a ball in the outfield. And he said that to me because he's like, there is going to be another opportunity for you to dive, but you'll never get that one opportunity back. And so it's kind of like, you know, don't live with regrets, but like really take advantage of the moment because you're never going to get that moment back. So that's great advice. Who's the person or coach who's had the biggest impact on you as a softball player? Definitely my dad. My dad grew up playing baseball um, and was me and my sister's hitting coach like our whole lives. And uh, I would not be where I am today if it wasn't for my dad. Awesome. Shout out to all the dads out there. Unfortunately, because of the coronavirus, they're unable to go to the Olympics, right? In person. Correct. But I'm sure they're going to be glued to the TV or the laptop yes. watching you. Yes. Who, who's the person who's had the biggest impact on you spiritually? Probably Lori Coleman. She's the head coach at Biola and she um, was really like my first mentor, spiritual mentor. And she never said 
I am your mentor, but we just, our relationship kind of ended up being like that. She was, she's uh, about like 20 years older than me. And she was just always there, always available. And we just always inviting to any conversation that I wanted to have. And she was the first person that I just kind of really got to see her faith up close and personal. And she would just talk about, Oh yeah, when I was reading this morning and I'm like, if you read this morning, that means you probably got up at like 5.30 a.m. because it's only like eight right now. Um, and so I just saw her live out her faith and her relationship with Jesus. And it, she told Bible stories like she was reading People magazine. And it just was so interesting to me. And it, it um, really inspired me to start reading the Bible and to have a personal relationship with Jesus daily. Coaches have played such a big role, not just on the field, but off. That's neat to hear her impact on you. We hit on this briefly, but what marriage advice would you give to couples like you and Jake? You're kind of in a unique situation away from each other a lot. What marriage advice would you give? Well, I do think that anytime we're not feeling connected, you could say, oh, we're not laughing enough or you're whatever. You could blame all the things. It's usually because you're not connecting spiritually. And so we've learned that's the first place we go is, are we connecting spiritually? And our pastor that married us prayed that God would always keep us on our knees together. And it sounded a little like scary when he first (laughs) prayed that for us, but we've seen whether it's for each other, for our marriage, our family, um, whatever the reason is, if we're on our knees in prayer together, it's what's like keeping us together. So we've been grateful for that. That's great. You're in a foxhole with Jake and yourself. What other person do you want in there with you in the foxhole? I'm going to say I'm gonna, the first the first person that came to mind was Trey Kennedy. He's a Christian comedian and I love to laugh. So if we're stuck somewhere, I, I might as well be laughing. <laughs> we're going to go. We're, if you're going to die, you're going to die laughing. That's great. Yeah. What's the best sports movie of all time in your book? Oh, I'm going to say Miracle. Mm, excellent. Love that. Hockey <laughs> movie. Your favorite person or character in the Bible. I'm going to say Peter because he's just like, he always makes comments or he made comments. I feel like everyone's like, wow, Peter would say that. And then he's just has the most relatable testimony. I feel like, um, you know, he's with Jesus. He kind of like strays away and he comes back. And I feel like that's so much like my testimony. So well, that's great. Peter, what favorite Bible verse? Uh, first Peter two nine. So I guess that makes sense. <laughs> and what does that say for our listeners? For you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation of people for God's possession so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who has brought you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Mm, that's so, so much truth there. Favorite book other than the Bible. Favorite book. The screw tape letters. Your go-to late night snack. You and Jake are on the couch. Off season, what's your go-to late well, night snack? I like ice cream, but Jake is not so much of an ice cream fan, but I'm going to pick ice cream every time. <laughs> Speaking of food, the great chicken debate, Chick-fil-A or Popeye's chicken? I'm going to go with Chick-fil-A mainly because I feel better after I eat Chick-fil-A. I don't feel very good after I eat Popeye's. I feel better after eating both of them, but that's, that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, final question. Lord willing... You guys do your best. You win a gold medal in a few weeks here in Tokyo. What's next for Janie Reed? Well, my teammates and I are going to Maui for a few days after the Olympics. So that'll be fun to celebrate. And then 
After that, I'm playing in a new softball league called Athletes Unlimited for about six weeks. It's our second year. And so that'll be fun. And then after that, I'm not quite sure. I'm excited to, like I said, kind of like dive back into Church on the Dirt and hopefully Jake and I will be together even more after the Olympics. So fun things ahead for sure. Awesome. Well, Janie, it's been great connecting with you and we wish both you and your Team USA teammates all the best. Come home with a gold and thank you for sharing. It's been great to have you on the post game with Paul Golden podcast. Any final comments? Oh, just thank you for having me. I, I loved it. We trust you were encouraged by the conversation with Janie Reed. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd ask that you subscribe to the Post Game with Paul Golden podcast. This way you'll not miss an upcoming episode. Forward this podcast to that softball fan you know and tell others about this unique sports and faith podcast. I'm Tim Donnelly. Thanks so much for joining us for Post Game with Paul Golden. Paul Golden.